Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, I'm not the one delivering the message today, but let me introduce you to the one who is Anthony Cheney. Anthony and his family have been a part of our church for over a year now, and I remember just a few Sundays uh, after they first started attending, he told me why they decided to make No Limits Church their home, and it's one of the things I appreciate most about you, what you told me there. He said, Cade, I'm not coming here because I necessarily want to. I'm here because God called me to be here, but I commit to helping you do whatever God has called you to do. So I'm still not sure if he likes me or not, but uh, at least he's committed. (laughs) And honestly, you know, that's the best gift anybody can give this church is to be committed even when you don't necessarily feel like being here. Even when you disagree with something I said last week and you remain committed. So Anthony is a business guy. He's in the top leadership of a company that's worth hundreds of millions. And those in big business aren't always celebrated by the church, but... We do things a little differently here. We do celebrate those who are in business because we believe that what believers do in business is just as much a part of the kingdom of God as what a pastor does because it takes all of us to impact the world for the kingdom of God. So without further ado, let's welcome Anthony to bring us the word of God. Thank you. There we go. All right. I don't know how you're supposed to follow an intro like that, honestly, or Donna up here with the speech or... Um, the singing that we have, and then Cade's prayer over us, right? So that, that, is, that is a true leader of this church right here, and I appreciate the intro, brother. I really do. And he is absolutely right. Um, first day I came here, I, I did not want to be here. I sat on the back row, and I was ready to bail. I was like, all right, hey, we'll go check this out. We're going to sit on the back. If we don't like it, we'll roll out. And I tell you what, a little bit of difference of opinion how this played out, but he wouldn't let me leave until I got up here to speak. So that's how, and I was like, he's like, are you coming back? I'm like, I guess I have to now. So, so with that, um, lots of trust from that man. Um, but in it, honestly, that, that is why I'm here. I am here to help him pursue his vision for this church. And if you ever unpack the words he uses, if you ever really listen to how he speaks and what he speaks, and you ever question, is that man ordained by Christ, if he led by the Holy Spirit, you can unpack every word he articulates when he's standing up here. I challenge you to put it to scripture and you will find out that absolutely unequivocally, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is called to lead this church. Now, I will say I am one of his flock, and yes, I, that makes me a sheep, but I tell you what, the sheep has teeth, so I don't take being a sheep lightly. So, <laughs> All right, so this is funny. Um, I'm going to attempt to not only speak with a microphone without moving my hands all around, because if you guys know me, I, I speak with my hands more than my mouth, and I actually am speaking with notes. Now, if you've got to think about this, I talk a lot. Um, outside of this church, right? I, I am speaking most, people ask me what I do for a living. I say, hey, I, I, I talk. That is what I do for a living. Now, with that, I, I completely talk. I present all the time. I do not use notes. Now, when we were going through this and, and Kate and I talked and I was going to be speaking this Sunday, I was told to use notes, not by Kate, right? It was like, hey, I need you to get out of the way and let me speak, and the way I'm going to keep you on track is by having you script out some notes. You're going to have to bear with me. I am going to read from the screen, which is against my flesh, but we're not up here to talk about my flesh today, 
right? We're up here to talk about the Spirit. So now with that, my wife asked me last night at dinner, so how are you going to start this? And I was like, hey, I'm going to start out with a disclaimer. <laughs> She's like, what? I mean, she had this real serious look on me. And I was like, no, seriously, I'm going to start out with a disclaimer. So without further ado, we're going to get to that disclaimer. Um, all right, so if you see at the bottom of your screen, you got Acts 17.11, right? So everything I say today, right, this is the challenge. I, I, you know, if we, had, if we had more than one Sunday, I would say the devil himself may repent. But I can tell you what, if the devil showed up to church today, like Mark was talking about last Sunday, he's going to go right to his Bible and start fact-checking. Because he's like, it's really what came out of his mouth true, because if it is, I'm in trouble, right? So that's where we're going with this today. All right, so let's pull that up there. All right, so we can thank Luke for this, right? So if you don't know, Luke wrote Acts. And always look at a couple translations, the King James Version. These were more noble than those in Thessalonia in the fact that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so, right? Now, I'll unpack another translation, which is the Christian Standard Bible. It's personally one of my favorite translations. It's a very literal translation, and it uses more words that I can, you know, less these and thous and things of that nature. So the people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonia, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Now, you put this in perspective. Paul was speaking to the people at Berseri, right? So this is in Macedonia, and it's kind of referred to as Greece, and I do mispronounce names of places in the Bible, so bear with me, right? I, can, I, can, I was t- speaking to some poor young man last time, and I could not sp- say Deuteronomy to save my life, right? So just say, hey, just go with it, guys. So... All right, and speaking about some of these topics is actually very frustrating. Um, And it's not because of the Bible. The problem is not the Bible. The problem is not what happens when you get into the Scripture. The problem is exactly what what both Kate and Chris were talking about today. The problem is bad science. The problem is bad teachings. The problem is the, the preconceptions and the preconceived notions that culture, public schools, everything ingrains in us. The things that we believe are true because we've heard it repetitively and so many times. Right. And and we have a we have a fear. If you think about it, when I was growing up in high school, it was the I'm trying to think of theory of evolution. Right. That was being taught. And you even had teachers that were really struggling to teach that. And they were trying to you know, say, hey, I got to teach this, but it's a theory emphasis on the theory. Right. We're going to cover this real quick because I have to. But FYI, it's a theory. And they they preface that a lot. Now, fast forward to what my eighth grader gets to deal with. And he's got a teacher in his school that just got kicked out of the school that was on national news media proclaiming multiple genders and that if you didn't have a parent at home that understood your gender identity, that he could be your parent and he could help you walk in your correct gender identity. So I go from listening to a teacher that is hesitant to teach on the theory of evolution to him having teachers in his school that will proudly proclaim multiple genders, multiple past two. Guys, last time I checked, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, right? There is just two. You can call things what you want. But it is what it is. So that's, that's the difference. I, I, my, my heart breaks for our kids today. And is su- Superhero Amy in here? Superhero Amy is in here. If, you have, if you're wondering what to do with your kids in public schools or what the steps to take, go talk to that lady after church. That, she, is, she is a superhero in this congregation. She, she is walking on a path that God has called her to be that is not an easy one, right? She is in our public school system. She's running for public office. And she is not afraid of talking to you about Jesus. So honestly, if you're struggling for how to handle your kids, what to say to your kids, how to battle your schools, go talk to her after church. All right, now back. And I, I, one of the, here in a minute, I'll start preaching. Don't worry. All right, so let me go through this. A couple things, right? So 
Going back to, to the beginning, something George Washington said, is it impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible? Right? Kind of matches up a little bit with what Cade's prayer was earlier, right? Some of the messaging he's talking about. Abraham Lincoln called the Bible the best gift the Savior has ever given man. It's pretty deep if you think about it. Those are two presidential leaders. One of them was the founder of our country, right? The other one ended slavery. Pretty important guys. All all basing everything they did off of a doctrine called the Holy Bible. Pretty impressive if you think about it. All right, and what I'm trying to get today is, guys, it's not that we're stupid. It's just that we know so much that isn't so. All right, that's, that's the problem, right? So as we go through this today, as you question, and you are questioning, if, if there is not something in here that just says, you know what, that crazy dude, Cade, let's speak, I'm going to go drill in and see if what he said was valid. That's the point today, guys. If that's what you do, amen. All right, so with that, we'll actually almost get to the message. All right, so if you, you got to bear with me. Every time I speak, I got to tie it into what we just last heard or what we just talked about. And Cade said it himself, I am here to serve him. I am here to help his mission for this church. And I cannot come up here and speak without letting you know the foundation of everything I'm saying today came from the last series that he shared with us. So... Pastor Cade's miracle series, right? Those of you who are here, he had a four-part miracle series. He skipped a Sunday because, honestly, guys, he was lazy. His kids, you know, his, he, had a, he had a son the night before. He had a good eight-hour window. He could have he made it in. But he called an audible. Somebody else spoke for him. We'll let it go this time, but, I mean, come on, man. Anyways, all right, so four things he talked about. To have faith in God, speak your faith, remove the doubt, and the last series was forgive others. All right, today we're going to cover three of those four, right? We just had the series on forgiveness. Um, I'm not up here to talk about how to forgiveness, and he could have mic dropped and walked off on his message about forgiveness. If you didn't catch it, I can encourage you to go to YouTube, check it out, watch, watch the rewind. So now what he said, what he quoted, and this is what I'm trying to get you guys to understand. If you listen to the words the man articulates, he's led by the Holy Spirit. Here's a quote from Cade last Sunday. Faith is confidence in the Word of God. I want you to think about that as we go through this, right? So we're going to roll over, and we're going to go to the faith in God. All right. Thank you, John, right? Now, everybody knows John. Mostly you know John 3.16, right? Most bumper stickers when you pass, you know, you, you got your Jesus fish and then John 3.16. For those of you that like to put on bumper stickers, that's usually the two minimum requirements if you're a Christian likes bumper stickers. If you don't have one, go get one. Unless you're anti-bumper sticker, then don't worry about it. All right, but if you look at how John started, right, and I'm pretty sure John fretted a little bit over how he started. He wanted to start this correctly right, right? So he waited, and he made this statement, a very bold statement. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You don't need an extra translation to unpack that. You can look at that at any, any biblical translation, and I think you get it. But do you really, right? And again, I'm going to remind you that faith is confidence in the Word of God, right? So, the Word of God, right? Agreed? Agreed, Word of God. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He gave us the Word of God. And if we unpack what Cade said, faith, that some of us struggle with, is confidence in this. This confidence level, you're going to level up in your confidence in the Bible today, guys. I promise you that. If you don't come see me after church, you can throw something at me. I dodge quick, so you better throw hard. 
All right, so before we get into this, you got to think about, okay, why do we care what John says? Anybody think about this? Why, why is what this guy said was important? What did Jesus think about him? So John gave us five books in the New Testament, right? The book of John, which is what I'm quoting right here, three epistles, right? Which was one sermon and two personal letters. One of those letters may have been to somebody very, very special to John. You're going to have to unpack that for yourself. And then the book of Revelation. Now, I want to emphasize it is the book of Revelation, not the book of Revelations. It is singular. Guys, it is a revelation. You can't cherry pick it, nor can you cherry pick anything in this. You can try, but you can't. Um, Now, what did God think about John? Mark 6.3 tells us that Jesus had four younger brothers, right? Jesus was the eldest. If I have to explain why Jesus was the eldest, this is not the series for you, okay? So, like, go ahead, veg out, relax. You don't have to listen too close because you're really going to struggle. All right, so Jesus was the oldest, I promise, right? You can fact check me on that, but let's, let's hope that's not where you go today. All right. Now, do you know who Jesus called to watch over his mother before he was crucified? John. Think about that. Let that sink in. If Christ himself told this man, hey, watch out for my mama, you better listen to what the man has to say. Now, if you're struggling with love, this is what I'll get. You know, you know love conquers all. Love is a powerful thing. If you read anything, if you have any struggles with love, how to love your brother, how to love yourself, how to love Christ, anything that has to do with love, pick up any of these five books of John. I suggest you start with the first one, and he will pour out God's love all over you through those scriptures and those notes, guys. That's what it's all about. That is why Christ selected John to watch over his mom. All right, and what am I trying to say? What is the point of all this? God says what he means and means what he says, right? That's what we're going to unpack here today. Outside of figures of speeches, I'm proclaiming the Bible is 100% factual, right? 100% factual. It's all there, everything. You take one part of it, you take it all. My entire faith is based on this being 100% true. Jesus rose from the dead. He walked among his apostles, guys, from beginning to end. If this is the word and the word is God and this is the word of God, it's all true, right? And I will unpack why here in a little. I know that's some struggles that we have in here. And what I'm going to ask you, are you the church of Ephesus or are you the church of Philadelphia? Right? What are you, what are you trying to be? All right? Now, think about that. We're probably, if we're being intellectually honest, and as you learn in business, there's a difference between being honest and intellectually honest. I got to watch that. So every time I preface something at work, I say, hey, being intellectually honest here. Now, with that, we're probably the church of Lanazia. I know, I know I am, right? But that's okay. Why is that okay? Because I'm an overcomer right? What am I? You had all these fancy, t- you know, hey, Cage the pastor, Chris Wells is one of the pastors here. You got a lot of spiritual titans in this off. Me? I am a born-again sinner, right? I am redeemed in Christ. I'm an overcomer. I'm a joint heir, right? I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a prophet, but I am a God-fearing man that has no problem getting up here and sharing you with the word of you today. All right. So let's go back just a little bit. Now, with that, what I, what I want to look about and unpack is the faith in God, right? So go in here just a second. Ah, got lost a little bit. Okay. Now, I want to do the voice of God challenge with you guys. Actually, no, that's not what I want to do. I'm going to go back a little bit. You have to bear with me. 
Nope, that's where we're going. All right. I got it right the first time. Hey, there you go. All right, so one thing that I've met with a lot of people in here, I have talked with different people at this church about, is hearing the voice of God, right? Who in here struggles to hear the voice of God? Not a problem. I got, I got something for you today, right? This, this, this seals that deal. Anybody who is saying, hey, I don't hear the voice of God, God's not speaking to me, I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got a clear message about that. Now, looking at the voice of God challenge, let's go to John again. Thank you, John. It's a midget on my screen, so bear with me. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. You, right? That's the Christian standard version. Now, let's go to the Amplified Version. If you need extra words to understand something, the Amplified Version is a place to go. They have so many words that they think themselves they get too many and they wind up bracketing words. So you can read it the long version or you can read the really long version, right? But sometimes it helps. So you search and keep on searching and examining the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And yet in those very Scriptures, that testify about me. What is he talking about? What is that about? Now, if you got an about section on your computer or whatever, that's why I put this up there, because that's a lot to unpack. That's the challenge we're going to unpack today, and that's the scripture we're going to proclaim, right? So this takes place right after the pool of Bethesda. Now, I got a really funny story about a Baptist preacher my son listened to that was preaching on the pool of Bethesda. If you want to hear about that after church, just ask me. But this is coming right after that, and this is where the frustration comes from, and this is where you know that God himself, or Jesus Christ, is the Son of God, because he's at the pool of Bethesda, right? There is a layman there that has been there, not days, not weeks, but years, and he heals them. The man gets up and walks, and what do the local Jews do? chastise him for picking up his bed and working on a Sunday. Now, you got to think, and this is what Jesus is speaking to them. And basically what he's saying in lamest terms is, hey, you cannot see the forest for the trees in your way. He is sitting there telling me, you are proclaiming this law from these scriptures. And all of these scriptures, you're cherry picking and you're looking at so detailed in these scriptures to see the law. If you'd stand back and look at the entirety of what you're reading, you would realize that all these scriptures are about the man standing in front of you right? That had to be so frustrating. You got to think, if you were him, you just want to slap a Pharisee right then, right? I mean, just really? But that, that's, why, that's why I'm up here on a rare occasion. So, all right. So what does this mean, right? What, what does all that mean? Now, think about that. Jesus is fulfilling the plan of Psalms 47, right? And then he again gives the account in John 17. So what, what that means is, in a nutshell, when he said that, He was saying, hey, he was walking in the New Testament, right? We all agree? Jesus Christ walked in where? The New Testament, right? And he just stood, and he's like, hey, if you would read what? Which was the Old Testament. You would see that it was all about who? Him, me, right? Not not literal me, but Christ. So all that is saying is that, hey, the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is walking out in the New Testament, right? So I'll say that one more time. The Old Testament is in the New Testament concealed and the New Testament and the Old Testament revealed, right? Which is why, again, guys, 100% factual, it all ties together. That's what I want you to understand. Now, we're going back to how do you hear him, right? We had some hands up and trust me, there's one thing that I will talk about. I did not have trouble hearing God in my youth as I grew up. What I had trouble is getting him to shut up. I spent a whole lot of time, guys. I was the one of the 99. I was the one he chose down constantly, but I was loud and obnoxious, so I was easy to find. 
All right. So now what I ask is, in here, when you, when you read a scripture, when you read the Bible, do you understand? Raise a hand. Somebody in here that understands, do you ever struggle to understand what you're reading? I guess what I'm saying. All right, if your hand's not up, you're either tired, you're not paying attention, or you've never read the Bible, all of which, you know, you know pick, pick your choice there, but it's got to be one of those. All right, so he challenged us in John's 5.39, right? That if we would read the scriptures, we would realize that they were about him. So if you have, have been confused, right, this is what I want you to do. Okay, so when you, next time you read the Bible, and you read a passage that you don't understand, okay, I want you to write this down. How many in here keep a journal? Or write down, right? If you're not keeping a journal, you should keep a journal, right? And I will tell you, yes, I know, it's not a manly thing to do. I'm up here, I keep a journal. I have two, right? I actually honestly have two. It's kind of weird, but that's fine. Um, and it sits it sets right, right on my nightstand, right? And that lady right there, Jamie, my wife, she's never opened it once, probably because she's afraid of what might be in there, but <laughs> she, she trusts it. She just, I, I write in it all the time. So this is what I'm going to encourage you to do. When you hit that scripture, when you hit that passage that you question, I want you to take it before God. I want you to write down the scripture. I want you to write down what you think it means to you, your struggle with what you're struggling to understand it, and I want to take it to God in prayer, right? Do it in your own way. I don't care how you do it, but proclaim that he promised that his spirit would teach us all things, not some things, all things, and take that to him. Let him know, hey, this is what I'm struggling to understand. This is where you told me you would reveal all things, and then I want you to step back and wait. I'm not saying it's going to happen in three seconds. You know, last time he talked about Daniel, Daniel had to wait three minutes, and then he had to wait like seven weeks, right? Interesting. Um, So this is what, and I want you to pay attention I want you to pay attention to your day. I want you to think about that. And I don't care if you, you may overhear somebody in a conversation. You may hear something on the radio. It may be something Kate says next Sunday. It may be something that comes in the mail. It may, be, it may be a smell that triggers something in your mind to understand, oh my gosh, that is what that means. And when that revelation comes to you, I want you to go back to your journal. I want you to write down what that meant to you. I want you to write down the situation you were in. And I want you to put a date on it. And I want you to start doing that every single time. And I, I, guys, test me on this, right? Test Christ on this. He will do it. I promise you he will do it. And then why all the writing? You got to think, why do I want you to write this down? Because you will hit a time of depression. You will hit a time of down. You will hit a time of wise me. You will hit a time that you think you are trying to do everything you can, and the entire world is against you, and you will believe you are forsaken. And I want you to open that journal, and I want you to see every point in time that the Holy Spirit taught you, not Cade, not me, not Mark. The Holy Spirit himself took time out of his day to teach you what you brought to him. And once you finally do that, once you get that revelation and that starts to soak in, it makes a lot of the things Cage preaching on a lot easier to understand. Because then you realize, okay, hey, it's not, he's not trying to tell you one aspect. He's focusing on an aspect of the Bible. The foundation is 100% factual. That's what we got to get our heads wrapped around. If we're really expected to take this out, if you're ready and you don't want him to be up here solo preaching and trying to get us all done to do it, and you want to get your butt out of these seats and go out and actually do something, that's how you're going to have to do it, guys. If you don't fully understand that you can't hear the word of God, that he's actually speaking to you, and you can push down all that doubt, you're going to struggle with it. That I promise you. And it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with it the next morning. And here, here, here's one thing. I, I, I get distracted. This is why God wants me to notice, but hey, he's putting this on my heart. Who tags up in the morning with God? Now, who tags up in the morning with God and says, hey, thank you, I got this? 
and rolls on with their day. I did that for a long time, right? That's like, hey, I said my morning prayer. I got this. Woo, yeah. Knuckle bump. I'm on, right? And then you're like, hey, I'm doing this for God. I don't think God wants you to do anything for him. He doesn't need things. He wants things. And what he wants you is to do things with him, not for him. So slow your roll a little bit. Tag up with God in the morning and then say, hey, we got this. And take him with you, right? It'll change your perspective. It'll change your life. It'll change your day. And it'll make it a lot easier to hear those passages that you're writing down in that journal now and questioning God about. Make it a lot easier to hear when he's, when he's unracking those for you. All right. Now, we're going to bump ahead. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I'm not used to the notes side of this. All right, so who's ready for me to start preaching now? <laughs> All right. All right, we'll start. <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for you. Kay did not give me a time window. So he might, you know, Mark may come up and tackle me, but hey, that's, that's it. I got you until you guys start bailing. So here we go. All right, so this is what I promised you, right? I promised you, hey, we're going to pack out, unpack the Bible. Why is this 100% factual? If you look up here, what is the Bible? It's 66 books pinned by 40 guys, right? Guys, dudes, peoples, people called by Christ, people listening to the Holy Spirit. Over a course of approximately 1,500 years, right? Plus or minus a little bit. And this is where I'm going to go back to Acts 17 11. So I put the disclaimer up. It was directed by one. Right? So what I am saying is not that God dictated the Bible. Not that he spoke and they wrote and say, whoa, 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 go back. I wasn't writing fast enough. That is not how this works. Guys, what I'm saying is he perfectly guided, entirely inspired by him. God superintended the whole thing from beginning to end. That is why. Think about it. Where's the chapter on baptism? On how to baptize? Where's that at? It's, where is it not? Right? Where is how to be saved? Where's the chapter on, hey, follow the 10-step process. This is how you be saved. I, or where is it not? Right? You can take, you can rip a page out of this text, and it can change your life. Now, you can read a page out of this text, and it loses no value. You can get everything you need to know from that page or from the rest of it. I don't care how you pick this apart or test this apart, test any verse, any chapter. Take what you can out of it. If you only have time to read one thing, read one thing and read one thing until you know it the best you can possibly know it. God's got the rest. So this I'll, I'll get a little more out there, right? So every yacht and every tittle, right? That's something. So if you don't know where yacht or tittle is, what I'll, I'll just speak it to you this way. Once you get the full revelation, full knowledge, full understanding of what the word of God is, he will not only teach you what the words mean, but what the spaces between the words are for, right? It's a lot more deep than just the text on the page, guys. Now, going back to Cade preaching every morning, right? This is, this, is, this is what I'm saying. This is what I feel. This is when the man opens his mouth and he stands up here, right? Now, I want to put this in perspective. The voice he's listening to is the same voice that told Noah how to build the ark. It's the same voice that told Moses that you're on hollowed ground and to remove your sandals. It's the same voice that said, it is done. It is finished on the cross. It's the same voice that Kate follows up here every Sunday. It's all the same, guys. It's all one. It's all right here. Oh. You know, it's pretty deep stuff when you stop and think about it, right? 
it's, it's really deep stuff. All right, so let's go to the overview, okay? So the overview of the Bible a little bit. Let's look at the people. All right, so Isaiah was a prophet. Ezra was a priest. Matthew was a tax collector. John was a fisherman. Paul was a tent maker. Moses was a shepherd. And Luke was a doctor. Now, honestly, how many people in here knew Luke was a doctor? Right? Isn't that not cool? Think of the different walks of life, all these people. Right? And they were all called by the Holy Spirit. And this, there's a lot more people that wrote books of the Bible than those. I said 40. There's only like six or seven on the page, so bear with me. But that's what I'm getting at. It doesn't matter where you come from. And I would challenge you to say that almost all of these are business people. Right? It's hard to be a fisherman and not run a business. It's hard to be a tent maker and not run a business. It's hard to be a shepherd not run a business, hard to be a doctor, not run a business, right? We're all serving Christ, right? So put that in perspective. And the priests and the prophets, guys, pray twice for the priests and listen to the prophets. All right. So let's look at the Old Testament, right? So Old Testament, simply put, was about a nation. Five books of Moses, it's the Torah of the Pentateuch, right? We all probably know what the Torah is. The Pentateuch was the Greek translation. So Hebrew is a very poetic, very spiritual language. It has a lot of underlying meaning. Every letter means something. Every letter has a numerical value. All kinds of cool things that go to Hebrew and not so easy to interpret. You go over to Greek. Greek is a very precise language. It is factual, right? Every word means what it is, and that's it. Like cross your T's, dot your I's. It's hard to go between that, right? I think that's why a lot of Paul's letters were written in Greek, um, because it helped people understand and take them some literal. Honestly, that's what I think. Um, now, there's 12 historical books that chronicle the history of Israel, right? So again, about a nation. And then 17 books called the Prophets, five major and 12 minor. Now, that is not really important other than it's five big ones and 12 little ones. It doesn't make one any more important than the other. And that is the 39 books of the Old Testament. Now, coming back to the New Testament, to give you a little foundation about the Bible, it opens up with five historical books also, the Gospels and Acts, right? It is telling you about the walk of Jesus. Acts is kind of Luke volume two, right? And then it gives 12 interpretive letters that basically outspan, hey, this is everything that happened after Christ. And it was circulated by the early church. 14 of those were written by Paul. We talk a lot about Paul. Paul is one of my favorite things to read about. I love the book of Romans. And just so you know, Guys, it took me three months to unpack the book of Romans the first time, and I'm still working on the next time of unpacking it. There's a lot of deep stuff in what Paul's writings are, guys. And the book of Revelation. So the gospel tells you what happened. The letter tells you why it happened. And instead of 17 prophets, we have the book of Revelation. Now, going back to this, some of us are thinking, hey, what does this have to do with me, right? So that's why I put the, the what about me section on there, because we all came to gain something. I hope we all came expecting but you're going to gain something too, right? So this is something else that I get frustrated with. This is now what you got to understand is every time I'm speaking, I'm speaking to myself, right? Is what am I here for? What am I called to do? How, I have talked to so many people that, oh, I'm just waiting on my calling. I'm ready if God would just tell me what to do, right? How many people are struggling, honestly, with their calling from God? It's, it's okay. I struggle with it. You don't have to show your hands, but it's a struggle. Um, Sometimes I struggle because I know what it is and I ignore it. I'll be honest with you. So, and I'll talk about this. We got a men's group and stuff, and they all know it, right? Um, they, they, they all 100% know it because I don't like being prophesied over. Uh, you know, if you said, hey, this prophet's going to tell you everything you need to do, get in this line, <laughs> I'm going to be like, um, I got to go to the bathroom. 
right? And it's not, it, honestly, guys, it's because it, it's the, it's not, what we're called to do is not always easy, right? And it's not what we want to do. We just have to get out of the way. So I'm going to give you two simple things, right? Proverbs 16.3 and Psalms 37.5. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. So if those of you who are waiting on what to do from God, stop and commit what you are doing for the Lord, and he will take care of establishing those plans for you. Now let's roll over to Psalms. Commit your way to the Lord, trust him, and he will act. Stop waiting. Stop fretting over your calling. Stop wondering if this is what you're supposed to do. Stop saying, is this the job I'm supposed to have? Commit everything you do to excellence in Christ and believe him to take care of everything else. All right. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so that gets you. Everybody that was worried about me this morning can stop worrying about me. We're all good now. All right, so we're going to go, we're going to wrap this up. This is the prompt, guys. All right, so what, what am I going to do to get you to get off your hind end and actually start digging in, right? So this is, this is I had a lot to pick from, right? There's a whole lot to pick from, right? And what, some of my favorite are some of the most provocative ones in there that, are, that take probably a whole time up here to explain. So I tried to avoid those, even though it was really tempting. Because some of us want to know why the day got extended in Joshua, right? The, you know, everybody ever wonder that? Anybody ever wonder why um, Paul in his writings in Ephesians mentioned the length, the depth, the width, and the height? That's four dimensions, if anybody's paying attention, right? You know, one of those dimensions is the Greek translation for time. I don't know if that was Paul's intent, but I do know that tells me he was very in tune with the Spirit of God, right? And what I would challenge you to say is, hey, four dimensions are just scratching the surface, guys. There's a whole lot you can unpack there. It's been scientific. If you unpacked the Old Testament, there's actually 10, right? Now, if you look at modern science, it was not until, like, 20th century before they actually scientifically proven 10. And this is my biggest frustrating point. And I'll get to this a little bit in the book of Genesis. We spend so much time trying to use the world to prove the Bible. And if we would just shut up and start using the Bible to prove the world, we save ourselves a lot of grief and a lot of time. All right. So with that, where are we going to start? We're going to go to one book that anticipates all false prophecies or all false philosophies. Sorry. Small print again. My bad. And then we're going to look at one chapter that summarizes the entire New Testament. And we're going to go to one verse that beckons us to be an overcomer. And then, we'll, then I'll, I'll let Kay take the mic and you guys can go, oh, I'm hungry, I'm done, right? So here, here's where we're going. All right, first thing we're going to look at is Genesis. Let's dive in. So the book of Genesis refutes all false doctrine. Now, it is the first book of the Bible. It was not the first book written. You can unpack that for yourselves. But let's look at this. Atheism. We have a creator. And guys, if you, wanna, if you want some tools to combat atheism, come see me after church, right? It's my favorite pastime. And I'll be honest, one of my best friends is an atheist. I got a lot of practice, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and then you got pantheism. I say, so God is transcendent, transcendent for, from his creation and distinguishable from it, right? God is not everywhere. God is not this table, right? You got to, un- everybody will say, oh, yeah, I love God. God is everywhere. God's in all things. No, God made all things. He's in you and me. He's not in all things. He's above and transcended above all things, right? I'm pretty sure that got proclaimed at the beginning of the service, right? Who, what name is above all names? Oh, that was lame, guys. You guys are tired. Just one more time. You guys, you guys shouted out so much. It's because it's she's prettier, isn't it? I get it. All right. What name is above all things? Jesus. 
Thank you. Thank you. That's so much better. Polyism, there is one God. Materialism, matter has a beginning, right? We were created. Got you. Thank you. Humanism, God, not man, is the ultimate reality. Now, you could argue that humanism is the, the religion of the United States of America. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious, man. Uh, wow, you could talk about that a while. <laughs> I'll leave that there. All right, so evolution, right? We got to touch that. We are not an adapted bioorganism. We were created, right? Just like matter was created. We were matter, so by definition, if matter is created, so are we, right? Um, and then uniformitarianism. That's a big word. Hey, I got it. Mic drop. I should quit now. All right. God intervenes, right? So basically what that is saying is that, hey, everything that was, is, and will be, right? We know God intervenes, right? I just talked about well, book of Joshua, the day got extended. Pretty sure God intervened on that, right? And you guys are scratching your head. And again, I'm going to stand on the faith that, hey, this is 100% factual. If you don't believe me, find the scripture, take it to God, and have him reveal it for you. You don't need me to do that. All right, and fun fact, every major doctrine in the Bible has its roots in Genesis, right? That's one book. I took just a fraction of one book and can unpack that was written way, way, way early on, that a lot of these things weren't a thing. They weren't teaching evolution on Moses. They were way smarter than that. So think about it. He put everything we needed in there to come back what society is trying to tell us what is actual science. It's there. It's all there. It's not just in Genesis, guys. All right, now we'll take a look at, that was Genesis. Now we're going to go to Isaiah 53, right? I'm a few chapters down from what Cade was talking about today. Now this is the New Testament 12 verses. No, I'm not going to read it. No, you can't see it, but I will challenge you. Hey, it actually, if you really want to be factual, start at the end of, end of chapter 52. But I tell you what, what Isaiah writes, this was, this was so unhinging that it got removed from a lot of Jewish doctrines, right? This was the forbidden chapter, if you will. That is the entire New Testament summarized in 12 verses. If you don't believe me, go read it. I'll spare you the details right now. But that's my challenge to you. Again, it's Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. If you really want to get creative, start at Isaiah 52, because the way the chapters break sometimes I don't agree with. That's neither here nor there. But think about that. Now, one thing. We did one more thing. And one verse that beckons us to overcome. Right? So what is that one verse? There's so many of them. Let anyone who has hear, ears to hear, ah, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will never be harmed by the second death. Revelations 2, 11. Now, yes, this is written to the church of Smyrna, um, but I believe all the letters were for all the churches, and you're part of one of those churches. And so the letters are for you. I don't care who they were written to, so you better pay attention. You better read them. It's just like Paul's letters to the churches, right? They were for all of us and for all the churches. He even encouraged them to be shipped around. Hey, after you get done reading this, take it down the road, right? So they're for all of us. Now, how does this apply? All right? We, we all suffer trials, right? We all, most of us probably struggled something with getting up this morning. Most of us probably come out a reason to not show up today, right? I almost guarantee it. I know there's somebody who was in here doing that because I, like Kate said, Kate, Kate even called me out in front of everybody. Hey, he doesn't even want to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but hey. All right. So now you got to think, why do we go through trials, guys? Why do we do that? It's because we are all flesh. And it challenges our walk, Christian walk, which is why we must be overcomers, 
right? So this verse tells you you need to be overcomers. And if you, you want to unpack that in Scripture, we, we go through trials to glorify God. It's in Daniel 3. To build our faith, that's in 1 Peter 1. To cause growth, it's in Romans 5. To teach disciples, it's in Acts 9 of Philippians 4. To equip us to confront others, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And to prove the reality of Christ in us, 2 Corinthians 4, which may be somewhere some of us need to start, right? And then uh, I will leave you with this, and I will be done. This is something I want you guys to understand. You have two options. It's only two. It's a binary approach to your walk with faith. You can be born twice and die once, or you can be born once and you can die twice. The choice is up to you. I encourage the former, not the latter. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.